This is Craig Ansell with the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. Today's show is really the final part of a two-part series, Help Wanted, Job Seeker Edition. Last week, we talked about the Employer Edition. I have a mix of tips and tricks for both. So if you're an employer or employee, possibly a future employee, a job seeker, you'll definitely want to be listening to both shows because there's a lot of great value ahead. Please join me. I was an engineer and in 2008 lost my job due to the economic collapse. Jobs were scarce. I didn't know where to turn to get help updating my resume. Online services and coaches charge hundreds, even thousands of dollars. I took matters into my own hands and learned how to craft interview-winning resumes. Shortly later, I landed a job with a Fortune 500 company. I have helped many achieve similar success. Now I share my tips to create interview-winning resumes, interviewing excellence, and high-performance growth strategies on my podcast, Career Growth Made Easy. Hi there and welcome back. I'm Craig Ansell, your host, and you're listening to the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. We're celebrating because this is episode 150. I can't believe it. Through your generous support and your listenership, we've been able to get to episode 150. What a time to rejoice. For today's show, we're closing up a two-part special. It's the Help Wanted series. Last week was Help Wanted Employer Edition, and what better way to top it off with Help Wanted Job Seeker Edition. Let's get started with some hot content that will help you and some tips for working to find a job, as well as once you're employed, find out and see if you're satisfied and how to maintain optimal movement forward. As I said in my earlier show, there are a number of signs I've seen traveling in the United States recently. Help wanted, help wanted signs. They seem like they're everywhere. So if you're a job seeker, in theory, you should have a great chance, a great opportunity to nearly work anywhere that you want. So my question for job seekers out there, what's stopping you from applying? What's stopping you from applying and accepting a position? I've heard from a few, and some of it is that you want to be attracted to that company. When we say attracted, that usually means financially, and that you're interested in doing what they do for the causes, the reasons that they exist. You don't just want a a menial job that doesn't have any value, and you don't want to just punch the time clock, so to speak. You want to contribute and make a difference, and that's great. So the company's values, their uh, culture, their work environment should align with yours. That's number one, right? That should attract you to them. Along with that attraction, the position should pay you and pay you well to reward you for what you're going to do for them, right? But also, we talked about the company being a good fit. That's part of the interview process. When you're interviewing a company, they're interviewing you as well. Don't forget that your job is to make sure that you're a good fit for them, you can see yourself in that position, but that they're also a good fit for you. And the way you're going to get to that interview stage like that is by doing your homework, and it's well before you win the interview. It's at the resume stage. 
If you're truly interested in applying and working for that specific company out there, you need to do your due diligence or your homework. Craig, what are you talking about? I've got a resume already. I don't need to do anything special. I send it out anytime I see there's a job opening. I might tell you to put a pause on that. Hit the brakes. If you truly are interested in getting a job, a job that matters to you, that means that you make a difference, you feel like you contribute, and that you receive reasonable reward for, you might want to pause and modify your resume, yes, for each and every job you apply for. Whoa, that's crazy. I don't want to start from scratch, Craig. Hey, I didn't say that. In fact, in a majority of the resumes that I've worked on with people, 80, even 90% of the content can stay the same. That might cause you to feel a little bit better, a little more relaxed. What we're talking about is that 5, 10, maybe 20% of your resume should be handcrafted. It should be tailored for each and every job you apply for. Even if you're applying in the same industry, let's say fast food, you know how there's McDonald's, Burger King, uh, situation or um, businesses like that. They each have a theme. They each have a reason for existing. They have some type of tagline. You should incorporate those things to tell that company as you're applying why it's important for you to apply to their specific group, to their specific company and team. When it comes to other situations, it could be in the service industry. It could be in, like I said, food and dining. It might be in an office environment. Yes, you can be an engineer. You can be an office worker. You can be a technician, whatever the title is that you're applying for. You could do this almost at any company. But the difference is, why do you want to work there at that specific company? Why do you want to work there? What specific values, what specific benefits will you bring that company? If you can see yourself working in that company as you start to build out your resume by looking at their job description and picking keywords that excite you, that it has a positive, energetic environment, a team-building environment, or maybe you're the other way around. You want to work independently and you work you like working quietly and you know just independently contributing. There's nothing wrong with that. But make sure that your values, your capabilities, your interests align with the position that you're applying for. From there, put some of those keywords, put some of that messaging in your resume. That is what's going to make your resume stand out from others, give you a greater opportunity to win an interview. And then when you do win that interview, you'll know more about that specific company because you custom tailored your resume to them. That will help you during the interview. I suggest having copies printed, several more than you need, if in fact you need to hand them out in the room or the hiring company doesn't happen to have their copy, that shows that you're prepared. But also, one of my recent students kind of laughed when I told them, and I said, make sure you have a copy for yourself. And they're like, no, I know what I put on there. I said, you know what's on there now, but put yourself in front of interviewing with a few people or a small panel, and there's always chance for nerves. You might get nervous, you might get a little anxiety, get a little stress. And when asked a question, hey, Craig, tell me about down here, it says this experience on your resume. All of a sudden, you might draw a blank. Maybe not. Maybe you're an expert interviewer or an interviewee rather, and that's great for you. But what if you do draw that blank? What if there's that pause and you suddenly can't remember the specifics? Do you want to actually ask them to read it to you? Do you want to ask them, can I see that part? I don't remember. 
Or would it be better for you to have your own resume in hand? I think you see the point. I think you see the message there. Also, it gives you something to hold on to, something physical, something tangible, that if you need to look away from the interviewers because you get a little bit nervous or you feel a little bit of stress or anxiety, you can focus on your resume, something you should be comfortable with, and you can drop down to that line, oh, I remember this, let me talk to this. So that's just a little side note, a little side tip there. Going back to interviewing and looking at the job qualifications, the um, cult company culture, work environment, again, they're interviewing you, but don't forget you are interviewing them. Make sure that if you're preparing to accept the job offer, that you'll actually be truly happy working for the company. I had an older episode, and it was, is this job a trick or a treat? So it talks about things sounding too good to be true. You might want to listen to that show if you're interested, but I'll tell you this. When you're interviewing, make sure you ask the right questions. If you're not sure what the position looks like, hey, do you have someone here in the interviewing team that actually works in that role that could give me a quick summary of what the job requirements are? Hey, is there a way that I could kind of walk through the office and see the environment? That would really be important to me so that I make sure that I'm a good fit for you. We're a good fit for each other. What are the key responsibilities I'll do on a daily basis? What time of team and what type of team environment is this? Will I be working mostly alone or on teams? Is this an office-based environment? Is it virtual work from home? What types of tools do you use? Do you get on Zoom and Google Meet or is this more of a uh, phone call and email company? So those are the kinds of things that for me anyway would be important to know the type of environment if I'm working alone or in groups how much there is for team, environment, culture, things of that nature. But then on on the other show I mentioned about the employer edition for Help Wanted, I had mentioned that I've recently looked at some recent um, chain stores in the Central Florida area, from fast food to service to retail stores, and even some private companies I've been able to speak to. And in some cases, it's kind of disappointing what you're seeing. Some employees have spoken out as your customer in the store and just said that they talking to each other, they don't like working there. They feel there's favoritism. They feel that there's, um, uh, you know, manager's pet syndrome going on. And I just kind of stay quiet. I don't, don't always offer advice to people. Sometimes they just like to vent and I try to make the transaction that I'm, you know, purchasing something as, as comfortable as possible and thank the employee for their work and what they're doing. But it's sad to overhear these situations where people are favored over others. I get that. Some people prefer perform more, perform better, or uh, do a better job than others. But in the end, you don't want to have a, a employer's pet or a manager's pet syndrome. It's kind of like the old teacher's pet that the teacher always calls on the single student because they usually have the answers, but that leaves the rest of the students to not be able to perform, not be able to interact or answer questions and grow like that one student does. So what kind of environments are you seeing when you're interviewing? How important is company culture and work environment to you? Apparently, through voices, surveys, through leadership surveys of their teams, hearing the true voices, the um, feelings of the employees, it has come out strongly that certain employees don't feel like there's a sense of inclusion within their company. Further yet, employees don't feel a sense of belonging. That's truly disappointing and disheartening, but the good news is, is that there can be ways to resolve those matters. I was able to listen in on a particular uh, executive discussion after a company 
after a private company had done a survey, and they had the same situation where employees didn't feel inclusion or belonging. And I had inquired afterwards about it and learned with a little bit of follow-up that the ultimate message was that employees can't be themselves. They feel there's a sense of judgment at that company. Now, I can't tell you if that's true, but I can tell you that the way the survey was done, that particular employee or those employees felt that and left those extra comments within the survey. So that brings up an additional topic of concern. Why would employees not feel that they can be themselves? And why would they feel there's a sense of judgment out there? To have a truly all-inclusive, all-belonging environment, we should all allow each other to be ourselves, embrace that diversity. But it's difficult at times. As the employee, you're looking for that environment more than likely. Each of us is unique, different in our own ways, and we should celebrate those things. Maybe you want to ask during your next interview, how do you handle inclusion? How do you handle belonging? Does your company have surveys to check in? More importantly, once you take those surveys, what do you do with the results? Do you publish them? What are some examples of results you've had? What are some examples of actions your company has taken once you've had survey results? You know, some areas of concern for a number of employees I've heard over the years were growth responsibilities, and work-life balance. Touching on the first one, growth, what opportunities are there for growth in the company that you're looking at? Do you want to solely work in that single job and that is your goal and you'd really enjoy doing that? Not a problem. You might want to grow individually, get some training, get some um, you know, high-performance growth training for yourself to do your job better, to do it well, but it doesn't necessarily mean you want to become a manager or a leader. That's fine. But what about people that want to grow and move into new supervisory or leadership roles? Does the company that you're interviewing with, does it have training? If so, is that internal training, external training, peer-to-peer? What is it? How old is your training? When's the last time that company's training was reviewed or updated? How do you know your training's effective? Does your training get positive reviews and four and five stars? Or do you get very little feedback at all and the training modules are used infrequently? If I was an employer, I suggest employers don't just check the box, yes, we have training and call it a day. Like I said, the training could be outdated. It could be poorly done. And maybe it's not even effective because employees won't get value or see a reason to spend time, time to spend their resources pursuing that training. So these are great questions to ask as a future employee, what the company's growth, what your position's responsibilities are, and how do they handle work-life balance. In closing, something I recently saw that I found interesting at one company was something called skip-level reviews or skip-level meetings. What this means is that as you are an employee in the individual contributor working level, you have a supervisor or manager that you report to. That manager or supervisor then has, let's say, a um, shift level manager or a director over them and so forth. Then it would go up to senior director, possibly vice president, president. There can be a very lengthy chain of managerial reporting. Skip level is when you don't just sit down at a meeting with your manager, but your actual manager is not included in the meeting and you sit down with their manager, their senior manager or director. That way it's skipped their managerial level, and you get to talk to someone at a different level of leadership. You get to see the company through their eyes. 
They might want to talk to you about how you're enjoying working for your manager. They might want to talk to you about your aspirations so they have a greater sense of knowing you personally versus just getting a report, you know, such as a timesheet or a weekly report on your projects or your status. So I think these skip level reviews are awesome. If you really want to stretch things out, you could have multi-skip level reviews, meaning go one or two levels above your manager to a senior manager, a senior director. They may be a little bit less uh, in tune or in touch with your daily operations because they do work at a higher level, but it could give you, the employee, an awesome way to connect with someone in leadership and see if someday you'd like to grow into their roles, understand what their role is, their responsibility, and just give you some hope for aspiration for growth. On the other hand, if their role doesn't sound interesting and you know, appeasing to you, that's okay too. Maybe it's something you don't want. You've eliminated something from your potential future list of opportunities. That's a good thing as well. I hope this second and closing part of our two-part series, Help Wanted, Job Seeker Edition, has given you some food for thought. Not only when you're looking for jobs to target the job, keep in mind not only that your resume should be tailored even just 5, 10, 20% towards that role, it will give you a greater chance at getting an interview. But then also, when you're in the interview, have your own copy of a resume to make sure you walk through the steps that make you a good fit, a customized fit for that company, but then interview them as well. Make sure you don't make a mistake jumping from one job to another because you're looking for the shiny dollar, the next dollar pay increase, and yet find out it has a poor company culture or work environment, or that that job was a trick and not a treat, that they talked one way, but the job and the responsibilities were totally different. Do your due diligence in the interview and ask questions. Be respectful, show consideration for them, but dig in and try to find out what a day in the life of that job is or a week in the life of that job. And then you'll be more prepared to say yes if they offer you that position. I am Craig Ansell, your host. This is the conclusion of Help Wanted Job Seeker Edition on the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. Thank you for sticking into the end and celebrating our awesome episode number 150. I can't believe we're here either. If you found value in this show, please do me a favor and leave a comment on Apple or any other podcast players. We'd love to get not only your rating review, but also a few comments on what you enjoyed, what you'd like to improve. If there's a particular topic you'd really like help on, leave a comment out there as well, or email me, craig at craigansell.com. Our social is at craigansell as well, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And then there's our website with free content as well as coaching links and some of our resume masterclass and cover letter masterclass links to review. That's craigansell.com. We'd love to have you visit and get your feedback. Have an awesome week ahead. God bless. Thank you.